This is the Poetry in Motion podcast on the Blood Red channel with Neil Fitzmorris, bringing you all the big news and even bigger views on Liverpool FC. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Poetry in Motion, um, or the autopsy of the night before, as it should be called. Um, joined by Paul Gorst and Joe Rimmer. Thank you to heavyweights. I need your opinions, guys, to... To, to, to make me face the day, really, after last night's game. Let's just uh, backtrack a little bit. Um, Liverpool, uh, we're seemingly on the right track, certainly uh, when it comes to uh, trying to chase down fourth place. Um, a couple of good victories. I mean, an Arsenal masterclass, really, you could say. 45, first 45 minutes without a goal, but we had them in our back pockets, didn't we? So we were, we were being excused for being confident about last night's game with Real Madrid. It is the, the quarterfinals of the Champions League, albeit at Real Madrid's training ground, not their proper ground, which is, of course, um, under construction at the moment. Um, so, guys, we headed into that game. I'm joined by Joe Rimmer and Paul Ghost. Incidentally, uh, thanks for joining me, guys. Hello. 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 You OK? Boys. Yeah, Ghosty's, uh, Ghosty's had another haircut. What's going on? You can't really appreciate this on podcast, but he's... he's I mean, you see him, he's had a little trim. Are you married to a, an hairdresser or something? No, I, yeah. I, my, my, my missus has previous experience of it, so she, uh, she's given it a go and hasn't done a bad job. She so hasn't done well. Nothing when I'm looking now, Joe, she's done very, very well, actually. To be <laughs> uh, all right, well, listen, let's, um, we'll talk about getting away with things or not. Um, Liverpool last night, we, we were, you know, we would be excused as fans for believing that we had. I mean, I was really confident going into that game last night uh, for a number of reasons, guys. You know, you've got Liverpool sort of back to <clears throat> playing players in the positions that they're really um, uh, they're, they're really useful in, i.e. Fabinho. Um, you've got Kabak and Phillips who were sort of starting to knit together and, uh, and a few clean sheets under the belt. <clears throat> um, and then you had a Real Madrid side without their two main centre-backs, very much ironically like the, the problems we've had. So we could be forgiven for thinking that we were we were we were going to uh, dish out a little bit of stick last night, and we couldn't be further from the truth. It was a it was a it was a dreadful performance. Let's be honest with you. Uh, I, I, and what really worried me about it, guys, is that I'll come to you first, Gorsty. What really worried me about it is that there's no more real excuses to make now about about balance and about uh, about people playing in key positions and about the front three and blah 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 blah. There's no real, there's no real excuse for last night's complete and utter lack of commitment, of passion, um, of press, of any kind of intensity at all. They went there like kittens. It looked to me like they, they, I was fully expecting to pick up a newspaper today and read that the team had, had all gone down with food poisoning the night before and, and had spent the afternoon on the bog before the kickoff because they had that completely drained of any kind of life. Um, Attitude towards the game right throughout the pitch, Paul. It was a very, very strange one. I think Liverpool kind of got suckered into the occasion of it. You know, Real Madrid and the Champions League. I mean, it's very unlike Liverpool because they played loads of big fixtures under Klopp, haven't they? You know, three European finals, two of them Champions Leagues. They won the Premier League, of course, won the Club World Cup in, in Qatar. So they are used to playing in big, high-pressure games. But they, last night, it kind of felt like it was their first ever foray into the quarterfinals. Passes were going astray from pretty much the first whistle. And I always think with footballers, you know what kind of game a lot of them are going to have by the first pass and the first touch. And none of it was none of it was right to spot on. It was either going back to Real Madrid or they were conceding throw-ins or uh, just 
struggling to get out their own half. And, and I think maybe supporters were sucked in a little bit by the fact that Real Madrid don't have too many players who are worldwide superstars or household names. I mean, uh, look at two of their most recognisable players, Varane and Ramos, they're out, out of the game. They don't have Bale anymore. There's no Ronaldo. It's not the year, teams of years gone by with Zidane and Ronaldo and Figo. Uh, like some of my mates were mentioning in the WhatsApp group at the time, thinking, "Who's this Vinicius lad?" And um, he's, he's probably one of one of the, the the ones who were on the rise at Real Madrid. So it's not the all-conquering Galactico team, but it's still Real Madrid. And, and I kind of think maybe it was a false sense of security for some supporters because um, I thought Real Madrid were quality on the night and really uh, taught Liverpool a lesson, which. Um, as you say, there was no kind of mitigating circumstances for this one where you can point to injuries or players out of position. Everyone was pretty much as strong as they could go, and I'm sure we'll come on to the Navigator decision soon, but it was um, it was a strong Liverpool team, but just didn't really get going at all. Yeah, and Joe, I mean, you know, a bit of stick being handed out for, 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 for deciding to go with Navigator, but... I've got to go with Jurgen Klopp on this. You've got to expect that a player with that price tag, who's been performing really well in training, um, who um, who played really well uh, against Barcelona when we played him, I know we got beat three 0 but he was playing well till he got injured. You know, it, it, it was it was a player that you would fully expect to go in there and put a bit of dynamism into that into that midfield. And the fact that it was it was it backfired spectacularly. In, you know. I mean, Klopp brought him off before the end of the first half, which tells you everything you need to know about what he was doing. But I can't, you know, people saying, oh, what are you putting that line up for? Sure, he's fully expected to to think that a player of Naby Keita's quality, uh, who's been rested. I mean, this is the most rested Liverpool have been. I can imagine, I can remember for a long time. I mean, about two and a half weeks. I know there have been players out with international duties, but essentially they've been with the same group of people, training and working on moves and working on, Coaching, we were all really excited about this team that was going to come back from that break. Not them writing them off, but it was just a a, a dreadful performance, Joe, wasn't it? By every man, no one could no one can carry any kind of favour on that game. It, it was a dreadful performance. It was one of the type of performance that makes you quite angry. Really, they were like rabbits in headlights. I just found that you know that they seemed to freeze straight away, um, not be able to deal with Real Madrid, not be able to adapt. To how the way, the way Real Madrid were playing, I think Klopp got his tactics wrong, or slash Liverpool's tactics didn't work against Real Madrid, um, and and I, I did think he got his selection wrong. I think it is strange to pick Naby Keita in a game like that when, let's face it, you know, when when was Naby Keita's last start? Was it Fulham in that oh, very yeah. changed team? Fulham and before that, yeah. Crystal Palace the, the seven 0 So I mean, to me, I, I mean. Klopp alluded to him playing very well in training. Um, whilst that's all very good, we're, we're quite used to this. This is Cater, you know, this is what he's like. He he promises a lot, but delivers very little. And I know there's a groundswell of support for him at times, and people say, well, you know, he, he presses very well, that sort of thing. But my big issue with Cater has been ever since he, he came to Liverpool, he doesn't do enough when he when he's not on the ball to get onto the ball, to get involved in the game. And that's what I thought the problem was last night. Liverpool's midfield went totally missing. And when, when the other two don't play well, well, Cater's got no chance because he just doesn't he doesn't go and make himself available. He doesn't get involved in the game. He doesn't make the right decisions when he's on the ball. And he was very poor. But but all round, it was just such a poor performance. And 
I, I think it's the type of performance that I think the manager has to take a lot of credit for. You know, Klopp is, is obviously a brilliant manager. He's done brilliant things for Liverpool. But for me, there are big games. Sometimes he just gets his tactics wrong because, you know, he's the opposite, isn't he, sir, of Rafa, who was very good at adapting to specific games and to specific teams, whereas Klopp's team plays a certain way and it either overwhelms you or just comes undone. And, and last night it just didn't work at all. And, you know, the, Real Madrid just had the measure of them. They just knew what to do. They they basically just played balls over the top of Liverpool. They knew that they had full-backs who push up and defenders who struggle and they play a high line and, and they just knock balls over the top all night and it worked. But for me, the, the most galling part of the game by far was that third goal because... Uh, my other half just said to me before when I was on the phone, she said, will you stop talking about that third goal? It was just criminal. You know, the first half was what it was. It was a really, really bad half of football. They got out there. They started playing well. They got themselves back into the game. And then they can see the goal, which I just thought was was poor from start to finish. You know, you allowed them no pressure on the on the um, the person who brought, received the throw. You allow them to get a simple cross into the box. And a guy to have all the space in the world to slot it. And even the goalkeeper could have done better. Every player involved in that let themselves down. And that was so frustrating because at 2-1, you take it back to Anfield and I think Liverpool have got a big chance. At 3-1, I'm not sure. And it's funny you mentioned the Barcelona game, Neil, because it was so different from that, wasn't it? In the sense that Liverpool come out of this one in a better position. But I went into the, the Barcelona second leg thinking... We battered them in the first leg and they got lucky. I don't go into the second leg of this thinking that, you know, Liverpool had the measure of Real Madrid. It, it was quite the opposite and it doesn't fill you with any confidence at all. No, absolutely right. And I think the thing is, Ghosty, the only positives you can take from that performance is that when Real Madrid do come to Anfield, that, um, that they will underestimate us because, because given that performance, they're going to think they're going to breeze it. And the only other thing is, it's interesting that you've got Mane and, uh, and Salah, two players linked constantly with Real Madrid. Uh, you look at that last night and think, well, they wouldn't have a goal anytime soon because, you know, I know the midfield was dreadful, but to a man. In fact, you'd probably say coming out of that game last night that Quebec and Phillips probably worked harder than anyone. I know they were going to, but they, but they covered themselves in more glory than the rest of that team. That first goal is, is a prime example of, you know, Joe talks about, Klopp getting his tactics wrong, and I wonder what his tactic, tactics were because that was so devoid of any kind of passion and press. I, I, I'm, I would be very surprised if, if Klopp has, has sent them out there saying, don't press, sit back. And maybe, maybe he did. Maybe he thought, let's get a nil-niller and let's do what we did with Bayern Munich at Anfield, nil-nil, then go over to their place, only obviously in reverse. But I, I find that hard to fathom. But when you look at that first goal, you know, Cruz had time to not only lock up and uh, and pick a pass out. He could have he could have FaceTimed his, his his missus. He could have he could have booked his vaccine. He could have done times crossword. He could have done any number of things before a Liverpool player was anywhere near him. And that was symptomatic to me of the entire match, the entire Liverpool game. They were they were not they were reacting, not proacting. If if you like, they, they were there was. There was no intensity. And actually, on the, on, the, on the odd occasion where they were intense against Real Madrid, Real Madrid made mistakes. They they fumbled, they give balls away, they knock balls out for throw-ins. And, 
It just was so... Joe's right. I was quite angry last night. I mean, normally I'm kind of... I've spent this season going, well, this has happened, X, Y, and Z's happened, and we're, we're playing catch-up. We haven't done the right things we needed to do to secure centre-back, so everyone else... Haven't. We have no excuse for that last night, because that's pretty much the, the, the team, albeit Naby Keita. It's pretty much the team that, that demolished Arsenal and has been getting back on track. And, 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 and maybe... Maybe Klopp was thinking about Thiago. I mean, Thiago runs on and then does a Paul, one of his legendary Paul Scholes tackles and gets a yellow card about four minutes into the game. So you wonder whether or not that was in his thinking of, of let's not, if it's going to be physical, let's not get Thiago involved in case he overcommits. But there's no physicality involved, Paul, was there? It was just a really insipid, uninspiring performance. And if you can't get up for a game against Real Madrid in the quarterfinals of of the European Cup when it's possibly the best chance you've got to be in it next year. Well, what chance have we got? Yeah, um, I, I agree with Joe about, about the, the Benitez thing where Benitez was sometimes accused of, of giving too much credence to what the opposition could do. And, and I think Klopp is the exact opposite end of the spectrum where he probably doesn't think enough sometimes of, of what the, the opponent can do. I mean, more often than not, when you've got the better players and, and the you know your system is flying, then you'll win. But... This, this is Real Madrid in the, in the Champions League at home, uh, not even at the Bernabeu, it was, it was a, a, in a training ground where they've been playing all their games this season. So they were they were content, and, and I thought they just just screwed Liverpool, to be honest. I mean, just from start to finish, they just had a measure of control. Liverpool could, couldn't match, Liverpool couldn't get on the ball. Pa- passes were, were going astray, and, and I think there was a passage of play in the second half that completely summed it up when Madrid had put must have been easily 15 to 20 passes together and Liverpool win it back and Fabinho hammers it at Wayne Aldham's heel and Real Madrid win it back with the first pass. Uh, Liverpool just couldn't couldn't get hold of it, couldn't create anything um, and um, they were too manly, they were just too streetwise. I mean, Casemiro, Cruz and, and Madrid in midfield were, were brilliant, weren't they? Um, and Liverpool... 35-year-old Madrid, I hasten to add. Yeah. And Liverpool just did, didn't have the, the legs or the energy to, to get up to, to the play and, and close it down. And, and that's why Keita was in there. I mean, I, I don't think anyone would believe Klopp that Keita's just been knocking on the door and, and couldn't be ignored in training because I don't really think that happens in training nowadays. That's not how football works, where a player catches your eye in training. I think players play because of certain things that they can feel that they, cannot, they can make a difference in the game to the opposition, if you like, and... Keita was in there for his legs and his energy and his pressing. And Klopp said that his ability to dribble. And I think we've seen if maybe one slight little flash in the first half where he, he kind of took one or two men out the game and, and then played a nice pass. But other than that, it was it was a frustrating night for him. And today's Liverpool's third most expensive player of all time behind Van Dijk and, and Alisson. You're looking at it, you think, what, what, what what's he done in, in three years? Um could, that could have been a watershed night for him and, and I don't like to sound as though I'm scapegoating him because he wasn't the only one who was well off it but the fact that he was brought off for tactical reasons as Klopp said just before half time rather than waiting till half time and, and putting the rockets up them and, and getting them back out there and giving it 10 or 15 minutes told me that he was far from happy and, and of course he was always going to shield him a bit in the press conference after it but he must have been furious with what he's seen from, from Cater and um as Joe says, it's just not not enough, is it, for a fifty-two million pound midfielder? Um, if Liverpool could could fetch that money back this summer, I I would no question bite bite your hand off. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't think they will get that money back, but 
you know, there's, there's, there's reports today in the papers that Leicester won a £30 million bid for them. Well, I'd, I'd, take, I'd take £30 million on Ndidi. Poetry in Motion on the Blood Red Channel. Go, just going back to what Joe said about tactics with Klopp and sometimes he doesn't <clears throat> he doesn't treat teams differently for different games and he sort of um, he, he sort of adopts the same kind of tactics. Well, that, that would be fine if Liverpool went at them like lunatics um, and just came undone. But they didn't. That, that wasn't a Klopp... Ta- that's not any Klopp, Klopp tactic I've ever seen last night. There was no press. There was no gang and press. There was no win the second ball back. All the things that Klopp talks about that he normally does. There was none of it. It was. It was. It, it would be more incumbent to me as if if if, if Klopp turned round and said, "Don't do any of that," and got it wrong, rather than rather than didn't read the opponents. It was. It was. It, it's perhaps he, he he read it completely wrong because that for for not one person on the pitch to press, I found extraordinary. And if you're saying he's brought Kate to him because of his legs and his ability, and he hasn't done it. Then does that not smack of a of a team letting a manager down rather than the manager letting the team down, Joe? I think it's a bit of both. You know, I think you know, I, I'm probably not com- completely right when I say that Klopp doesn't doesn't change his tactics for certain games because putting Cater in is a sign that I think he was trying to change a little bit and bring in someone, as he said, who could dribble, who could probably get Liverpool further up the pitch. But I certainly think. Liverpool are really struggling with teams who who knock the ball over the top. We've seen it quite a lot, haven't we? You know, in in the last year or so, it seems to be like the kryptonite, and Liverpool haven't found a way of dealing with it. And whether they knew Real Madrid were going to do it and thought, well, if we can get the ball to to Kater, he can pin them back a bit more. I don't know, but it just didn't work, and, and it's it's sort of starting to become worrying because I think, you know, every time we. Liverpool seem to get a bit of a head of steam together. They come up to, against a team a little bit. Last night was Real Madrid. And I think we, as, as angry as we are with the game, we should remember that they are Real Madrid. But it does seem to be happening more often now with, with Liverpool in the last 12 months or so. The team seems to find a way around them. And, it, you know, you think back to Watford, that was the first time that a team really seemed to, to do it to Liverpool. But it's happening more and more. And I don't know, I just, I, I feel like there's something going wrong there. You know, I think whether... I don't know whether the, there was an instruction not to do a certain thing yesterday or whether Real Madrid were just very good and Liverpool couldn't get to grips with it. But something went badly wrong. And I just don't think putting Cater in was the right approach. Um, you know, I think, let's face it, I think you'd have got more out of James Milner and a bit of a blood and thunder approach from him than putting in Cater and, and, and not seeing the ball and, and not and having a midfielder who basically just doesn't get off here enough. And that's what Cater does now. I think... He just doesn't get on the ball. He doesn't influence games. He's quite pretty when it comes to when you dominate the ball and when you're in higher up the pitch. But Liverpool couldn't get the ball yesterday. And look, uh, you know, a lot will focus on Cater because he got brought off. And whilst Klopp wants to protect him, I, th- I think, as Gorsi just said, bringing him off three minutes before half time um, tells speaks volumes about how Klopp felt about it because. You know, I think otherwise he could have brought him off at half time and said, Oh, we had a little, you know, he felt a bit of tightness in a muscle. We brought him off. But, you know, all over the pitch, Fabinho was very, very poor and he was brilliant against Arsenal. Really, really good. So, so poor last night. Couldn't seem, didn't seem to be able to influence the game at all. Why now? They had one of those games where he just goes completely quiet, albeit it did come, come alive a little bit in the second half. 
And then, you know, Robertson and Mane down the left have been very poor for weeks now. And Mane probably had one of his poorest games for Liverpool yesterday. I thought he was very, 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 very bad and allowed not getting a few free kicks to get into his head. And on the other side, I think that the criticism of Trent, whilst I think the criticism has been unfair, I think that's in his head at the moment as well because he just doesn't look like... He doesn't look happy, does he? His body language isn't great. He looks like he's doubting himself a little bit. You know, I think a lot of the criticism has been over the top, but I think it is getting to him. And all in all, it just culminated in a terrible performance. So... I don't know. You know, there seems to be something going wrong. Whether Klopp's trying to change tactics or whether he's not changing tactics enough, I can't quite put my finger on. But last night it was just so so poor, and I think it was a combination of both players and manager. But it went totally wrong. Liverpool. Yeah, and, and as Joe's saying, Paul, it was so there was so much there was so much uh, optimism, wasn't there, and excitement about Naby Keita because of, probably because we didn't get him for that first season, we had to sort of buy him and loan him back and. And, and, you know, everyone was really kind of excited about it. I mean, arguably is, that will be his last performance in the Liverpool shirt last night because I can't see him. Klopp's, Klopp, I think Klopp relies very much on on, on on trust in his players, doesn't he? And I think that, um, I think the statement of pulling him off is, it speaks for itself. And I think that, uh, it, I don't think we'll see him again in, in, a, in a red shirt after that performance. And, it is such a shame, isn't it? Because all the way through, he's been injured a lot. He's been out a lot. He's been trying to get himself back in and almost getting back in and getting injured again. So that hasn't been helpful. But like Joe says, that was a bit of a watershed moment last night. That was a moment to go, okay, you've got me, you put me in. And I, and I, again, I, I defend the the idea behind Klopp putting him in. If he's fit enough, and he and and he and he's shown him he's fit enough. He's wanted to press. He's wanted to get in there. He's wanted legs. And if you've got Kabak and Phillips at the back, the one thing you want to do is try and make sure that you're pressing higher up the pitch to try and stop those balls going over the top, and, and which is exactly what they didn't do last night. I mean, they broke down in every department. Fabinho was... was You talk about a third goal, Joe. Fabinho was terrible for that third goal. He fart-arsed about getting hold of the ball and, and, and allowed to have it taken off him uh, to be crossed for, 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 uh, for Vinicius to score that third. So Naby Keita, you know... After all, the pomp and ceremony is, is um, yeah, I think he's done, isn't he, Paul? Not sure. Um, I mean, what I would say is it's it's not it's not a surprise to see Klopp showing showing big faith in him in, in a massive game because he started in Barcelona. If you remember that, and, and he come off early on with an injury, uh, which pretty much sums up his his entire Liverpool career in, in a nutshell, wasn't it? You know, so much like last night did so much promise, so much kind of. Excitement around them, and then it just ends with a bit of a whimper, you know, early on. Um, just never really seems to have been given a run through injury or through performance um, in the team, and he's he's not been able to to truly show what he can do for 10, 15 games on the bounce. Every time he's been looking like somewhere approaching a fifty million pound midfielder, he's he's pulled up with an injury or or something, and it's set him back months and. As you say, that, that was only his second start of the calendar year yesterday. The other one was the, the game against Fulham when Klopp made about eight or nine changes. So he was included as part of those changes. And I, I think if Liverpool could get the fee for him this summer, um, I think they might look at that. But um, I don't think they will. Um, Liverpool are going to have to take a hit on him if it is to be his, his last summer. Um, and I think if he does stay, it'll be pretty much be a case of Klopp thinking that 
best of the devil, you know, and, and keeping hold of him rather than getting pretty much half the fee that he paid for him and then having to try and replace him with another centre mid at a time when it looks like Juan Alden is, is going to be going at the moment. So um, if he does stay, I, I don't think it's anything to do with Klopp being a you know a massive show of faith or anything like that. I think it will just be the circumstances surrounding the market and, and the finances. Yeah, and you mentioned another player that show as well, Mane, who's who's just um well it's he's an enigma now, isn't he? I mean he seems to do you know, he's some of his touches are still great on the ball. He made some lovely, quick, agile touches last night. And but he's a shadow, isn't he, of the of the play he was. And I know that look, we had Jotter in there as well, and so, so and he didn't cover himself in glory either. Um mainly because they weren't really given many chances, really. Let's be honest, the midfield were non-existent, so there was, the transitions were, were no good anyway. From They spent most of the game sort of like startled rabbits on their back foot rather than pushing forward. But, man, he's just... Um, it's an extraordinary drop in form, isn't it, for a player that's been so so much of a talisman for Liverpool. And so many times we've come off the pitch after a game and we've, we've said, God, thank God for Mane. But he's... Um, his ability to shoot, his ability, his ability to to to, to do anything um, in front of goal is, is is virtually gone, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, at, at the moment, yeah, I think there's a bit of. I think he's tired. Plus, the conf, his confidence levels are shot at the moment. But what kind of irritated me last night is it? He almost had one of those games where the referee got in his head a little bit because he wasn't getting free kicks and he wasn't getting certain things that he wanted. But Some of me should have been. Let's let's be yeah, honest. I mean. You know, Felix Brick. Awful. I think I, I think Brick's surname should be spelt with a P, shouldn't it? Because he was he was shocking, wasn't he? I mean, I mean, you know, the second goal was absolute nonsense because that was clear, a blatant elbow off the ball. I mean, he he, he, he thundercharged them off the ball. I mean, it was just ridiculous, wasn't it? The dark arts rising again for uh, for Real Madrid. But but you're right. I mean, he got to the point where it was, he was sort of half looking for that something yeah. off the ref, and it was getting in the way of his performance, Joe. Exactly, and he, he was spending so much time glancing at the referee and, and getting annoyed with him that, yeah, he wasn't... He just lost his head a little bit and, and there was there was a chance near the end, I think Real Madrid gave it away and um, I think Salah might have played it into his feet and he just seemed to like he, he could have been in on goal and he just took a couple of extra touches and ended up, you know, they ended up getting back and, and the chance was gone. And and the man of, of last year or the year before wasn't thinking about those things, was he? he? Was just taking a touch and getting in, and and I think right now it's just not working for him. I think he could do with a rest. I think I would, you know, for Aston Villa, for example, I'd try and bring Firmino in, play Jota off off the left hand side, and just get him out, get him out the team, and, and just give him give him ninety minutes off, even even perhaps even try and give him the next Real Madrid game on the bench and see if he can bring him on from the bench. But he just isn't doing it. As for the referee. He was he was one it was one of those refereeing performances where I think he just decided that Liverpool were annoying him, so he wasn't going to give them any 50-50s. There was a few. You, you see the one where Trent um where he was having a bit of a battle, wasn't he, with that Vinicius and he went down like he'd been shot because Trent put his arm out. Unbelievable. And and he and the referee had given the free kick by the, you know, without even like glancing at what had happened, the free kick was given. Then Trent got a yellow card. And then you, then there was another one where one of their lads picked the ball up before he even blew his whistle, and he, he bought that free kick. The 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 man answered them before the goal was bad. There was another one with Cater where Cater seems to get blocked off. He didn't give anything, and there's letting the game flow, and then there's letting Real Madrid just basically 
referee it for him. And I thought at times he just was very, very weak and, and sort of just wasn't having any of Liverpool. So it was one of them, though. But you can't allow him to get in your head. And I thought Manny just allowed him to get in his head. Trent, to an extent as well, and, and just was spending time concentrating on the referee and being angry with what was going on rather than trying to get Liverpool back in the game. And it just didn't help Liverpool's cause. It was so, so frustrating because the players are better than that. They, they've proven they're better than that and they've, they've dealt with bigger challenges than what they've had, had to put up with, you know, in a games like last night. So, you know, we've seen, you know, the Barcelona games, you know, Barcelona tried all those little tricks and Liverpool put up with it and learned from it. And I hope they do the same next week because they can't allow Real Madrid to sort of manage the game like they did because Real Madrid, they've been around the block so many times. They knew what to do. They bought themselves time. They they were clever with the referee. Liverpool needs to be stopping so naive and and get with it and not allow Real Madrid to do that and do that a bit themselves if they have to at Anfield. Um, and I think they did do that with Barcelona a couple of years ago and I think they're going to have to do it again with Real Madrid. Emotion on the Blood Red Channel. Paul, I mean, if Liverpool had tried any of that last night, they wouldn't have got away with it anyway because the, the referee was so intent on just going Real Madrid's way. There's a lot about European football I like, but that rolling on the floor every two minutes, every time it looks like a Real Madrid player was going to lose possession, they just hit the floor, grasping their shins or their knees, and but, but got it every single time, you know. Uh, and the referee didn't cover himself in glory being spotted at half-time chatting away with the Real Madrid team in the tunnel either, laughing and joking with them just before they came back on the pitch. You know, there's got to be a bit of impartiality shown. You can't be standing there with one team with them all standing around them laughing like they're in the alehouse at the bar because that's what it looked like. And you're right, the dark arts we have to do, which we did against Barcelona. You can remember the famous, the famous rubbing of Messi's head by uh, Andy Robertson. But clearly, Liverpool weren't going to get away with any of that last night. Because every time they sort of did try to bolster something, the referee was going their way anyway. And it was, you know, it's. I know it sounds like excuses. We can't rely on a referee. That's that 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 that's that's for sure. But um, it's just I think the whole frustrating point of it is that Liverpool weren't Liverpool at all last night in any any way, shape, or form. Where it wasn't even like there was a couple of players really, really trying, uh, and the rest were letting them down. They were to a man. Really, really poor, Paul. They were, yeah, and and I think that's probably my biggest criticism about, about this Liverpool team. I mean, I said it a few times on pods over the years about that 2018 final when Ramos takes Salah out the game, gives Carrius a concussion, and Sadio Mane's helping him up with a big smile on his face after he, he takes a dive and Mane gets a yellow card. I mean, it's the exact same situation last night where Mane doesn't get the foul from Vasquez, and he he's, he's laughing at the ref about it. But Mane, it, 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 there's, there's no like, okay, well, this is annoying me. I'm going to show these. There's none of that. And there's yeah. no one really in the Liverpool team who you consider to be a little bit of a snark and a snarler and, and someone who can put the foot in when it's needed and, you know, a big challenge that, that rouses the team. Um, Real did basically just school them in, 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 you know, street smarts and dark hearts and, and all that kind of stuff. And Liverpool allowed it to happen. And it's not for the first time. And, uh, okay, more often than not, they can outplay teams with with their individual brilliance, and they don't need to resort to anything like that. But sometimes, when when, when it's a bit of a dogfight, they're, they're a team of quiet boys for me, and and I think that's one of the things that that really probably frustrates me the most about this Liverpool team because they're great to watch when they're all clicks and it all gets going. But when a team wants a little bit of a, a little bit of a wrestle, a little bit of a nibble, then Liverpool 
come up short, and and that that was the case last night. There, there was one at the end where Vasquez just just kind of eased Salah off it and, and gave him about three kicks before Mane fell over and and didn't win the, the foul. And and for Mane in particular, I think he needs to start being a little bit of a um. Can't don't even have to say the word to be honest, but there's been loads of situations this season where he could have won a penalty or he could have won a foul, and, and he doesn't want to go down that easy. He has to be taken down, and that has to change because um, players are doing it left and right. It's the part of the game now. I'm not saying throw yourself to the floor and, and make an embarrassment to yourself, but certain times when he could have won a penalty for Liverpool and, and tried to stay on his feet and, and hasn't, and nothing's come of it, you know. Um, it's just the way, the way of the world, not the way of the game. And, and soon the, the people kind of get that little bit of mouse in their game that they'll be all the better for on these types of occasions. Yeah, you're talking about a bit of dark arts, Joe, and a bit of someone with a bit of nail and a bit of, you know, someone who's going to fight your cause a little bit. Luis Suarez on a free to Atletico Madrid's looking like a decent deal now, isn't it? I mean, you wonder whether that even came across the board because... I mean, he's he's doing wonders there. He's leading goal scorer. He's done eighteen. He's, well, the last time I looked, it was eighteen. He's probably gone further than that now. You never lose the abilities he has. He always had that little bit of bite to him. Sometimes too much um, with the play on words like that. But you know, when you look at them and you think, if you had someone who could just get into the side like that and get into their heads and give the opposition something to think about, they're priceless, aren't they, Joe? Absolutely. Uh, I, I must have been. I... I mean, maybe it's too simplistic for us to sit here and go, oh, they should have got Suarez, maybe wages, signing on fees and all that, you know, are bigger than we can ever imagine. But sometimes I, th- I think these transfers are obviously good because they, they're obviously good, aren't they? And, and Atletico Madrid went out and got him and have just, you know, at least for a year might have won themselves a title just through getting Luis Suarez. And honestly, I think last summer, I think he'd have jumped at the chance to come back to Liverpool and... I just wonder whether he could have added just an extra element to this strike force. And obviously they went out and got Jota, who, who does that himself. But there's just, you know, I, I don't think you can beat the mentality, the experience, the, you know, the the trophies that he's won and the games that he's been in. There's nothing that's going to phase Luis Suarez, is there? And I don't know. I just, I just, I agree with Paul. I don't think Liverpool manage games sometimes too well at times. And, I mean, yeah, it just seems like an obvious one. And I'd like to see Liverpool do it more often. You know, I, I can't really remember the last time. Maybe Milner was the last time Liverpool went out and, and sort of just got a bit of a gimme transfer where there's a player running out, his contract was running down and they thought, we'll give this a try. And it's, it's worked out, hasn't it? So I'd like to see Liverpool do it more often. That uh, it would certainly help. Um, and I'd have loved to have seen Suarez back at Liverpool. Um, but they didn't do it. Um, but yeah, I do think, you know, Andy Robertson before was, you know, he was the one that ruffled um, Messi's hair, and I think he's got a little bit about him at times when he can get quite nasty, Carney. And I just think you need those sorts of players. They just they don't accept those sorts of things that Dorsey was describing there, where they're being nice to Ramos. I, I think you need some people that are competitive and not saying Liverpool aren't because they've won things and you, you can't you can't win the things that Liverpool have won without being competitive. But I do think they could do with one or two nastier players who aren't afraid to to sort of get themselves involved. You know, Salah's a winner, and you know, there's there's he often gets slated for diving, doesn't he? But I think with Salah, he he makes the most out of things. If he feels contact, he goes down. He wins penalties. He takes them. He scores a lot of goals, doesn't he? So I think Mane needs to sort of. 
be a bit more streetwise at times and and just learn a little bit from what's happening to him because defenders are just taking advantage, I think, a little bit too much. Do you think, uh, Ghosty, that last night, one of the biggest problems last night was that we, that Liverpool side that went out onto that pitch there didn't have a leader, didn't have a, I mean, you know, Jordan, Jordan Henderson, you feel at some point during that game would have been screaming, getting, you know, barking orders out, pulling everyone together. I know he's a captain, but in his absence, they didn't, when you think about it, you go right through that team last night, there's no one who's going to smash his hands together and run over to people and say, get in, let's go, let's 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 kick it up a notch, let's get intense, let's get in their faces. There's no one on the pitch who was doing that, was there? You know, you've got no one of the ilk of a, of a Suarez who can, you know, I remember watching Suarez playing and he, he would literally embarrass players into kicking it up a gear. Because he'd be chasing throw-ins for a hundred for fifty yards and, and and slide tackling a throw-in, you know, and and it would make the people around him go. I mean, we better put a shift in here because he's making us look daft. We had no one on the pitch last night, did we? So when we got into that whole rut of not being able to lift ourselves, we had no one actually boots on the ground to be able to lift us and run over like you see Henderson doing. And he was he was a he was a, a, a valuable absentee last night, wasn't he? Yeah, and I think Liverpool have got four four players in like a what they call a leadership group, which is um, Henderson, Milner, who the captain and vice captain, and then Van Dijk and Wijnaldum. So um, they are the four captains essentially. So it was Wijnaldum yesterday with the armband, and I still see some people a bit confused. They hadn't uh, Wijnaldum's given the captaincy when his contract's up, but that is why he he was the captain last night, and that's why he's been the captain before. But he's not a typical. You know, English star captain, if you like, or a, or a British star captain that we associate with the likes of Steven Gerrard or, or a Roy Keane or you know whoever it may be. It's someone who really barks the orders and 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 leads by example. And and you can include Henderson in that, can't you? No one's more vocal than him on the pitch, and, and we've heard that literally heard that this season at some of the games. So Henderson was definitely a big miss, as he always is. Um, but yeah, I, I, I agree with the point Joe made. A couple of couple of moments back when he said maybe someone like Milner might have been better suited to, to cater. I mean, I don't think there's too much of a comparison in terms of what each player can offer in possession and on the ball, but I think Milner would have put himself about a lot more and, and a lot more effectively than, than Cater did for the 43 minutes that he was on the pitch. And I, I don't mean to, to single out Cater again, but I, I just think... Um, I, 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 don't, um, I, I don't think my, uh, Milner should be starting every game for Liverpool um, at the age he is with the options they've got that is pretty much unrealistic but you know certain horses for courses and maybe he would have been the uh, the right approach last night because as you say he's a he's a leader when Liverpool didn't really have any out there yeah well it's, it's sorry John just to jump in it's funny what Gorsi says there with you know you, you have that leadership group of four players um, Henderson Van Dijk Wijnald and Milner well Wijnaldum's leaving Milner's 36 now and, and doesn't play many games. Van Dijk's been out all season and Henderson is, um, has been out for large chunks of the season. I do think now it, it looks like pressing in the summer. Liverpool need to go out and the players they need to buy need to have a bit of personality. They need to be able to, to lead a little bit on the pitch because I think Liverpool do miss it. I think they miss Henderson. I think they miss Van Dijk. You know, you want to see some players being a bit of a motor, don't you, on the pitch and organising and discussing it and, and shouting and, and, and commanding and barking orders. And, you know, they're, they're different types of personalities make teams, don't they? But I think Liverpool miss a couple of those noisier personalities in the team and 
you know, with with Van Alden going out of that group, with Milner aging, surely it's time to sort of re-examine that leadership group and, and see whether they can find some bigger personalities because, you know, Liverpool need them and, and those are the types of players that have driven them on to win trophies. They've got to refresh them. You know, it's, it's what big teams like United did, what Liverpool did in the 80s. They went out and bought newer big personalities, didn't they? And they, they, made, an, they made an impact, I think. It, the cycles come, hasn't it? And Liverpool are going to have to do that this summer. Yeah, they're going to have to. It, 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 definitely. I mean, what would you give for someone like a Kante in that side who, since his days in Leicester and then moving to Chelsea, has just been one of them players who just doesn't stop? You know, you need that engine, don't you? You need someone who's just going to run around. That's why I was so disappointed in Fabino last night. I mean, he was. there's a chance for him. I mean, he used to play for them. There's a real chance for them to try and show them what they've what what they let go really, and what and who's moved on from them, and he played for them, and and he was he was he was dreadful, so uninspired. Poetry in motion on the Blood Red Channel. I mean, you know, was Curtis Jones in the squad last night? Because I'd have had him on before anyone else. Milner, you're right, but in the, in the absence of Milner, there's a young kid who thrives on games like that. He's shown time and time again that his age is absolutely not in question when it comes to big, big games because he, he almost relishes the... He, he has the ego. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, he has a positive ego. I don't mean a big head. I mean, he has that ego that feeds on pressure and feeds on on the stage. And um, and that would have been a great stage to, to get... To get someone like Curtis Jones on. Do you think there's a possibility that in the replay that someone like that might feature, Paul? Uh, I think he's, he's probably got more of a chance of starting than, than Cater. Um, I've got more of a chance of starting than Cater, I think. Yeah. I think I think Jones has been one of the one of the few success stories of the season, hasn't he? He's, he's really come into his own in the midfield and, and turned from a player who, who does the odd bit of magic and, and you know, Sprinkles a bit of magic in games to someone who who just has a sustained spell of quiet excellence in midfield. He's changed his game almost. He's not. He doesn't um, doesn't overcomplicate things now. He doesn't um, overrun the ball. He's very much neat and tidy in possession and, and keeps it ticking. And and is a bit of a goal threat actually. You know, beyond the beyond the attack, Liverpool don't have too many goals. But Kate, uh, Jones is someone who's capable of of getting in there, isn't he? We've seen with him scoring the winner against Ajax. Early in the season, and uh, he obviously got a, a couple last season, most famously against Everton in the FA Cup. So, yeah, um, I think if it was a straight shoot up between Cater and Jones on on Wednesday night, then I'd be going with Jones. But um, I, I think it's a, probably a little bit harsh to, to overly criticise Fabinho because I think he's been probably Liverpool's player of the season all told. So, um, <laughs> if he does have a little bit of an off night, he can probably excuse him that one. Well, preferably not against Real Madrid in the quarterfinals. Let <laughs> him have an off night against Villa. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just bizarre to me that they have to have them. It's just really weird. I mean, that that that's the thing more than anything is that is that their confidence was high. Surely, on the back of the Arsenal win, it was, that was your chance to cross that white line and go, let's let's do it. And it was just, it was it was out with a whimper, wasn't it? Really, when we look at the games that we've got left, I mean. Certainly in the league, you've got to you've got to imagine, like you just said, Joe, that the Real Madrid game is possibly a game, one game out of our reach now, without the crowd behind us, without the magic of Anfield, and 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 at the moment with Liverpool's run at Anfield, um, you've got to imagine a three-one deficit. Oh, we need two goals. We went two-nil, we're through, aren't we? On goal difference, um, so it's a two-goal deficit we need to without reply. 
Um, so we need to find ourselves very, very quickly if we're going to if we're going to go on for that. Aside of that, then we have to try and look at this fourth place. We're two points off fourth place. You know, very much back in the mix after the Arsenal game. Um, and all the games we have coming up, I mean, we've got Villa, of course, on Saturday. Then we've got Leeds United at their grounds, Newcastle. There's only Manchester United that we're playing now till the end of the season that is above us in the league, uh, which you would normally say is, is a good sign. But we've 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 been so indifferent against the clubs below us that the um, the Southamptons, the West Broms, the Burnleys and the Crystal Palaces are no foregone conclusion, are they, Joe? They're not, no. Aston Villa's going to be a good test, isn't it, on, on Saturday? Because that's the sort of game Liverpool have really struggled in this season, uh, especially at home. And, you know, I, I think away from home, I'm, I'm not, I'm a bit more confident against those sides. But at home at the moment, Liverpool just seem to come unstuck every time. Um, and it's 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 sad because the Arsenal game I, did fill me with confidence. You know, Liverpool played so well. They were... They were really at it. You know, Fabinho was back in midfield. And it felt like if they turned the corner, and I mean, this, that's been the season to a T, hasn't it? Every time you think they might have turned the corner, they, they sort of hit a dead end, don't they? And I mean, I don't know. Maybe was that just because Arsenal were that bad and that passive that they allowed Liverpool to to swarm all over them? I don't know. But Aston is a good test. And they just need to get back on. They need to win again. Because if they don't win again, this could be the most disastrous few games if they if they fail to win against Villa and then go out against Real Madrid, then that's the season over, isn't it? In about in, in three games, so you know they need to win against Aston Villa and keep that pressure onto the top four because you know the sides above them. We we were asked to do a, a top four um, prediction yesterday, and to be honest, I I didn't predict Liverpool to get in there, but I do think Leicester and and Chelsea could come unstuck against. Some of the, the fixtures they've got yet left, they've got tough games. So you know, I don't think there's any guarantee. And if Liverpool can keep it up and try and keep a bit of pressure on, you just don't know they could sneak into there. But Real Madrid is just—I don't know—without fans, I find it a big ask. And it's the sort of game where I just can't see Liverpool winning two nil. I think they could possibly win three one and take it to extra time. But I, I just don't see Liverpool winning that game two nil anymore. Winning. Winning those sorts of games, 2-0, seems to be something that, you know, a Rafa team might have done or perhaps a, a Julio team might have done. But Klopp's team seems to play on emotions so much that they need the fans behind them. And I, I just, Real Madrid seems so savvy. I just can't see them not scoring. But we've said that before. So let's just hope that, you know, they can pull something off. And you never know, they could rescue their season in two games. So, you know, it can go either way, but... Just so let down by last night. You know, it went just when you felt like they were building back up and after such a smashing performance against Arsenal. Such, such a let down to lose that game and, and lose it in the manner that they did. Um, yeah. You could have taken it. The only thing I can say about it to try and get some sort of positivity out of it is that we don't do anything easy. This team <laughs> never has. This club never has. It. It's not happy unless it's putting us through the, through, the, through the mangle every single time. And the one good, the one thing that we have positively going for us is that Real Madrid will, I'm sure, face a different Liverpool team than they did last night because they can't face that team again. That, Liverpool can't afford to be that team again. They can't afford to put in that performance again. So let's hope and uh, ending on a positive note. We're trying to drag as much positivity as we can. Sorry if you listen to this on and, and appreciate you you're following all the time for us and for all the other podcasts as well. As I always say, 
And uh, you know, uh, I know no doubt I'll get a, we'll get a bit of stick during the week saying, "Ah, leave it out, will you?" You know, getting down on you know, it's very hard to pull positives from a game like that. And I'm, we're just trying to be honest, and we're just trying to give our honest opinions. We all love the club, and we all want the club to be doing what they've been doing the last three seasons. And that's probably part of the problem is that they raised the bar so high that when you see performances last night, it's a completely different team than we're used to seeing, which is why we're probably being a little bit more critical than usual. Paul, on a positive note. I can't see us playing. I, I, they must have a rocket up their arse for, for the Villa game Saturday, three o'clock kickoff. If they get a result there, Villa, and they're in and about the the fourth place, then they can carry that into a a Real Madrid um, second leg. That that really speaking, we've got all to, everything to play for, and, and they haven't in the sense that they can't afford any mistakes and an early goal, and and who knows. So on a positive note, not all over yet, and I, I'd like to hope that. That was a really bad blip last night, Paul, and we can and we can push on and, and try and correct things over the next couple of games. Yeah, look, you, you, any team can lose three one away to Real Madrid. It was more demanded in the defeat in terms of how poor they were in possession, which is something you don't expect Liverpool teams to do. But if fans were it would allow, and I feel next week, then I'd feel a lot more confident about Liverpool overturning this deficit. Um, but uh, with Aston Villa to come on Saturday, first home game in over a month. Um, You've had that break away from Anfield to kind of get the heads right and, and step away from those six games, which was just the same pattern, wasn't it? Liverpool dominating possession, not creating anything and getting beat. Um, hopefully now that they're over the worst of that and you can turn the tide on Saturday, continue this uh, unlikely push for the top four um, and see where they land. And then go into Wednesday with a bit more confidence. Um, just a shame that uh, there's not going to be 54,000 in there to... Help them to uh, help, help them on to win. Well, either way, boys, whatever happens, we'll still support the Reds the way we always do. I mean, it's just you know, it's ups and downs in it, and it's all part and parcel of being a Liverpool fan. Uh, thank you once again for your uh, opinions, uh, Paul Ghost and Joe Rimmer. Much appreciated, lads. And um, uh, fingers crossed, we get it. We get a bit more. Uh, positivity in the next couple of games it's all to play for as I said before we don't do anything by half do we lads so uh, <laughs> cheers boys as always thank you and thanks again for listening um, as I say part of the roller coaster ride of being a Liverpool fan isn't it we will support them no matter what keep supporting us please keep listening to the podcast and uh, keep the faith in the mighty Reds this is Neil Fitz with another Poetry Emotion see you all again soon you've been listening to the Poetry Emotion podcast on the Blood Red channel <laughs>